the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Verse 24, therefore, the law, look at verse 24, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. I love verse 24. Tells us here, what's the purpose of the law for the Christian, for us? We're in the new covenant. Why do we need the law? Why should we study the law? The law serves as our tutor to bring us to Christ. Do you remember when you learned how to properly act as a decent person? Probably not. You would have watched your parents and other adults as you grew up. Many people believe Christians do not have to give the law of the Old Testament a second thought. However, as Pastor Dan points out, the law acts as a tutor to teach you how to get to know Jesus. Without first learning and understanding God's law, you might never know how to develop a relationship with Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Well, with the New Covenant, we're under the New Covenant, but the Old Covenant no longer applies, but some of the same laws appear in the New Covenant that were in the Old Covenant. Does that make sense? All right, so now turn over to Romans chapter 7. I don't feel like I've confused you quite enough yet tonight, but I have a few more minutes left to give it a shot here. So Romans chapter 7, and I just want to look at two more passages together before we end our time. Verse 1, or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. So he's telling us here, kind of like the law of marriage, you know, you're married for life, and then once your spouse dies, you're free to marry someone else. Therefore, verse 4, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So now we're dead to the law because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us. And now we are married to Christ. We're no longer under the law of Moses. Now we are under the law of Christ. It's also called the law of the Spirit in the New Testament. 
Verse 5 says, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions, look what it says, which were aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law. We're no longer under the law. We've been delivered from the law of Moses, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And so we've we've been delivered from the law. So now we enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can serve in the newness of the spirit. Verse seven. So what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Well, certainly not. On the contrary. Now, watch what he says here. I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, the commandment holy, just and good. Here's what he's saying here. He's saying the problem is not with the law. The law is holy, just, and good. The law is perfect. The problem is with us. The problem is we are sinners, and we are bent towards sin, and we're bent towards rebellion and disobedience, and that's what he's getting at when he's talking about how he would not, verse 7, I would not have known sin except through the law. And, And he says, like, once I read the law, then my sin inside of me kind of came to life. And you know what that's like, especially if you have young children. And you tell your young children, don't touch this plate of cookies on the table. And they may not have even realized there was a plate of cookies on the table. But now that you've brought their attention to that plate of cookies, they're circling like sharks. And they're asking all kinds of questions and wondering how close can I get to it and kind of touch it without getting in trouble, right? What is that? That's the sin nature. Now you've given a law. And our sin nature is, well, how close can I get? <laughs> or what about this crumb that's here that's not technically part of a cookie? Can I eat this crumb off the plate? That's our sin nature. When you see a speed limit sign on the highway that says 55, what do you think? I could probably go 65, right? They're not going to pull me over. I'm going 65. They're going to pull over somebody going 95, right? You never think, oh, I better go 54 just to be safe. Why is that? Or why don't you say, oh, I'm going to set the cruise control for 55 so that I don't break the law by mistake. You never do that. It's always, eh, I could probably go 60, 65, maybe a little bit more. And then you see a state trooper. What do you do? You slow down. (laughs) Because the law is a deterrent. It deters. It restrains us. And why does it restrain us? Because there might be a consequence attached to it. That state trooper might give you a ticket. If you take away the consequence, the law is no longer a deterrent. If our state says we're no longer going to issue speeding tickets for anybody going less than 20 miles over the speed limit, 
Well, now, in, in my mind, the speed limit's not 55, it's 75, because you're not going to give me a ticket anyways. What do you see going on in California, where they've made it a misdemeanor to steal things up to $1,000? And now people are walking into department stores and filling up shopping carts with clothes and just walking out. They've removed the deterrent. And so now there's no restraint. This is also why you can't separate the first four commandments from the last six commandments. Because God is the deterrent. He's the judge. And so the reason why I'm not going to steal or kill or lie or covet is because of God. But you remove that deterrent well, then I can live however I want. So Romans chapter 7 here. This is what he's getting at here. He says, man, once I, once I read the law, then sin just kind of came alive inside of me, and I wanted to do what the law said I'm not allowed to do. And he says in verse 12, but the law is holy, just, and good. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with me and my sin nature. In Romans chapter 3, verse 20, it says, by the law comes the knowledge of sin. It just makes us realize our sin, and it actually provokes our sin nature. This is why it's good to study the law, because it shows us, it shows us God's righteous standard, and it shows us how far, far short of his righteous standard we, we fall, and it causes us to appreciate Jesus Christ even more. Look at verse 13. Has then what is good, speaking of the law, remember the law is holy, just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Well, certainly not. But sin, see the issue is sin, not the law, that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good, the law, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin, he says. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Regarding his sin, he doesn't want to sin, just like you and me. I don't want to sin, but I sin. Verse 16. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who did it, do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. I want to obey, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. He's looking for how. How do I do it? How do I keep God's law? His law is holy, just, and good. Verse 19, for the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's just sin that dwells in me. And I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. I delight in the law. I know the law is holy, just, and good, but I see another law in my members, in my flesh. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, do you see here that he's made a transition? He's no longer asking the question, how? How do I keep the law? Because I've got this sin in me. 
and I know the law is holy, just, and good, and I have this desire and in my inner man to keep the law and honor God and walk in his ways and obey him. But there's this other law in my members, in my flesh, this sin nature, and I can't figure out how to do it. Now he comes to the place in verse 24 where he's no longer looking for how, but who. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Verse one of chapter eight. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The spirit is the who. How do I do it? It's not how. It's who. It's walking in the spirit. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Nine of those ten commandments, all except the Sabbath day, are still laws for us. We're still under, now we're under the law of Christ. But those same laws are under the law of Christ. Well, how do I do it? I couldn't do it under the law of Moses. How am I going to do it under the law of Christ? Well, it's not how, it's who. It's by walking in the Spirit now. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, because I couldn't do it, God did by sending his own son, his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's the key. That's the key to the victorious Christian life. We're still under the law of Christ. Nine of those Ten Commandments still apply to us. How do we do it? It's not how, it's who. By walking in the Spirit, yielding control of of yourself to the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, the Lord said, And I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. This is why Hebrews says it's a better covenant with better promises. Where now it's just not law, which I read, and now it's up to me to do it. And the law brings death, the Bible says. Now I still have those same Ten Commandments. I've got nine of them. But now, instead of it being dependent upon me and my flesh and in my weakness and in my sin nature, walking those out and living those out and obeying those commandments. Now, God, in the new covenant, he puts his Holy Spirit in us and we walk in the spirit. We yield control to the spirit and he puts the spirit in us and the spirit causes us to walk in his statutes and to keep his judgments and to do them. And now we keep the commandments through the power of the spirit. 
not through the power of our flesh. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be witnesses for me. The Holy Spirit enables us to keep his commandments. Galatians 5, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Also, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. What are the two greatest commandments? Love God. Love your neighbor. How do I do that? You walk in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of love in you. Now, turn over to Galatians chapter 3, and we'll land this plane here. Galatians chapter 3. Earlier in Galatians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the just living by faith. He talks about the covenant with Abraham and the just living by faith. Now he comes to verse 19. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, he says, What purpose then does the law serve? If the just are saved by faith, what purpose then does the law serve? Look what he says. It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Notice the word seed is probably capitalized in your Bible. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. He, he asks the question, he knows the obvious question, if the just live by faith, well then, why did God give the law? What's the purpose of the law then? Verse 19, it was added. God added the law. It was an addition because of transgressions so that we would have a fuller understanding of the extent of our transgressions so that we would see just the sinfulness of our sin and our need for a savior. That's why it's good to study the law. And it's also good to share the law with someone who's not saved. Get them into the law. Get them into the Ten Commandments so they can see what God's standard and God's holiness is and better understand their own transgressions, their own sinfulness, and their own need for a savior, especially if you have someone who says, I'm a good person. All right, well, let's do a little test. Let's look at the Ten Commandments. Or if you have someone who says, well, I keep the Ten Commandments. If you have someone say that to you, you know they've never read the Ten Commandments. And you can say to them, well, could you name the Ten Commandments for me? And you will be surprised at some of the answers they come up with. You know, don't run with scissors. Don't stand with the refrigerator door open. No, those are the commandments your mom gave you when you were a little kid. Again, Romans chapter 3, verse 20. The law brings knowledge of sin. And the law was added because of transgressions. Again, to show us how holy God is and how sinful we are. You know, John Wesley said Before I preach love, mercy, and grace, I must preach sin, law, and judgment. To bring a knowledge of sin. The law magnifies our sinfulness. It shows it to us. And the law ended. He tells us here the law law ended when the seed came. The seed is Jesus Christ. He brought an end to the law. Romans 10.4, for Christ is the end of the law. 
it says. Matthew 5, Jesus said, do not think I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He fulfilled the law for us. And now look at verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? Well, certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. The law does not give life. No one is justified through keeping the law. No one receives eternal life through keeping the law. Justification is by faith. It's always been by faith. Going back to Abraham, 430 years before the law was even given, the law was added because of transgressions to show us God's standard of righteousness and how much we fall short of that. Verse 22, and I promise we're almost finished. But the scripture has confined all are under sin, right? When you look at the law, we're all guilty. We're all under sin. That the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe, but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Verse 24, therefore, the law, look at verse 24, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. I love verse 24. Tells us here, what's the purpose of the law for the Christian, for us? We're in the new covenant. Why do we need the law? Why should we study the law? The law serves as our tutor to bring us to Christ. The whole purpose of the law is to bring us to Jesus Christ. And that's why we study the law. And that's why studying the law is so beneficial. We're not saved by the law. We're not justified by the law. But studying the law is beneficial to us because it brings us to Jesus. So don't, don't disregard the law. And say, well, we're not under law. We're under grace. Yes, that's true. And don't say, well, the law is not important for the Christian. Or I don't need to bother with the law. Or I don't need to study the law. No, no, no. The law is holy, just, and good. The, the law reflects God's character, his nature. And most importantly, the law brings us to Jesus. The law shows us our need for him, and it causes us to be grateful for the salvation that he has provided for us through his death and resurrection. And the law causes us to call upon him and rely upon him even more and more as we look at the law and we see how far we still fall short, even though we're saved by grace through faith. We read the law and we see how far we fall short of God's perfect law. The law makes us grateful for Jesus. And grateful for the gospel. That's why we study the law. Because it brings us to Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the law. (laughs) We thank you for your word. We thank you most of all for our salvation in Christ. We thank you, Jesus, that you came. You died on the cross for us. You fulfilled the law through your death. We thank you for the new covenant. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to enable us to walk in your ways. We thank you for 
saving us, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thank you for spending a part of your day with us here at Ring of Truth. You've just heard a message from Pastor Dan Sexton in the book of Exodus. There's a lot we can learn from this and other books in the Bible. In fact, if you visit our website, calvaryec.com, you'll find a treasure trove of other messages all neatly organized in a simple, straightforward manner. We encourage you to camp out here for a while and soak your spirit in the truth of God's Word. Is there anything you would like us to pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the prayer tab at the top of our homepage, calvaryec.com, and send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, too. We're also just a phone call away if you're not in Maryland. Call us at 410-491-4592. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, please visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Come back again next time for more in the book of Exodus. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed day and are reminded of the things learned today. This has been Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.